0: This is Star Wars Rebels Alert, the weekly podcast after show where we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And we're coming out to you with a slightly different audio setup this week. We couldn't find the time to actually get together, but we are making the time here to discuss this episode, An Inside Man, episode number 9 of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. And what an episode!
1: One episode, it's good to be back. This is Star Wars Rebels in a full effect.
0: Yes, yeah. it is. And I think this, this feels like a redemption episode. We spent quite a bit of time the last couple of weeks discussing how we feel like these episodes have been lagging from what the initial setup of the season was and coming off the back end of season two. This finally feels like we're back to a Star Wars Rebels episode that has some some impact to the overall narrative, to the overall arc of this story. Yes, it's, it's Dave Filoni coming back full force and it. It feels like with an episode like
1: this, you could have really skipped the last three episodes, right? Or the last four week episodes and just gone right into this.
0: Yeah, you definitely could have. We're back here with the Jedi. We have a huge Imperial presence here. We got our main antagonist making an appearance. And we've got some really impactful moments throughout this that have been building since basically the start of Season 3. Let's get into the discussion here. So this episode itself focuses in around Ezra and Kanan infiltrating a weapons factory on Lothal. Now, this is, this is a planet that seems to be somewhat of a nexus for Star Wars Rebels. This is Ezra's home planet, and we seem to revisit this planet time and time again. It has a real Tatooine feel to it, right. kind of, for, for Ezra here.
1: Yeah, I love this. Uh, and, you know, I think this is the first episode we've had with no um, space battle or space ship been down reaction this is just right into the planet
0: right yeah exactly but you did feel that imperial space presence here cuz Lothal yeah. seems to have every time we revisit they seem to have a larger and larger military presence yes and this this occupation of Lothal I love the fact that they have these kind of almost german-esque banners that are lining the streets these digital banners I thought those are really nice right. touch cuz that's something that's kind of focused in on a bit as we go through even the original trilogy into Episode 7, this real kind of Nazi feel. You know, it's not the greatest kind of group of people to be basing your your antagonists off of, but at the same time, this is a feel that we see pulled through continually in the original trilogy, Episode 7, and I like seeing it here. It kind of really gives you that kind of almost dictatorial sort of feel, right? So yeah. this and how this opens, this is, I think, what really got me into this episode and got this feeling back of Star Wars Rebels was this opening action sequence. It was unbelievable. Yeah, this is great, you know, um, I, I, this is so Star Wars, it's um, Attack the Clones with uh,
1: Return of the Jedi, you know, you got the speeders, you got the lightsabers, it, this is great, you got the walkers coming in, uh, it, just great action sequences, right?
0: It, it really was, and I couldn't really get enough of this action sequence, I wanted it to continue and just keep going, and we do get a taste of it a little bit at the end here, but what a way to start an episode, and then we get kind of this really ominous theme at the title sequence that I, I really did like as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fulcrum becomes somewhat of a focal point in this episode, and we do get a reveal, which we'll discuss a little bit later on here. But he's passing on information about this particular weapons factory, that they're designing some sort of different weapon, some sort of secret weapon. And when I first heard that, when I look at the title, and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to tie into Rogue One here. Yeah. Big time. And I thought yeah. we're going to go down maybe the path of the Kyber crystals or something to that effect, or even just a small portion of what's going on with the Death Star or yeah. some of the, the fighters that we're going to see in Rogue One. It didn't really go down that path, but I'm okay with what they did here. Well, Again, looking at the title, when we're talking about Fulcrum here, and we're talking about an inside man, my first impression of the title was it's referring directly to Ezra and Kan, or maybe one of these other rebel cells that they do enlist to help them infiltrate this factory. Right, like Ryder or
1: the other character's name. I can't remember his name, mm -hmm. but there's Ryder that that kind of joined the team again that we haven't seen since Season 2.
0: Yeah, there's a great presence here again. I I really like these characters, and I like the cell that they do have on Lothal here. Yeah. What sort of path did you think they're going down with this secret weapon? I thought Death Star, honestly, right away,
1: because I'm so in Catalyst uh, mode right now, and again, I'm going to plug that book, guys. we are getting closer to Room 1, so go and check that book. It's great. I'm almost done. But, yeah, I thought it was going to be some kind of Death Star reference because I feel like we are getting closer to Rogue One. We're going to see some characters pop up, like a Saw Gerrera or a Krennic, maybe. Like, I really like to see most characters pop up. So I thought it was going to be a
0: Death Star, Death Star, but I guess that's a little too on the nose. It is, but I think at the same time, we know that from the Catalyst book that this construction of the Death Star has been going on since basically the Clone Wars, right? Yeah attack the yeah, yeah exactly so having that in there that little nod i think would have at least for me it would have tied this even more into that rogue one it got me a little bit more excited for what's going on here the fact that they're kind of tipping their hat at the fact even if it's just a small little portion of what we're going to see in rogue one and nothing really impactful for the movie i really would have liked that
1: yeah i completely agree would have been a nice little uh, nod there
0: right yeah exactly and so like we said at the top here, it's Ezra and and they, they enlist these other rebels to help them infiltrate this secret facility or this, this weapons facility where they have enlisted people from Lothal to help meet the demand. And this seems to be somewhat of the downfall because it appears that they are sabotaging the, the speeder bikes and the walkers that are being created. And we do see that in the opening sequence here when he says, I'm going to take it to 90 and yeah. end up seeing the, the battery overheating on the speeder bike. Really cool too. Oh, what a great scene that was! You know, because this is—we haven't seen
1: this Thrawn for this whole season yet. And to see him so so focused on proving a point, right, with that with that character being taken out. I I know we've talked about seasons before where we need to see a death kind of happen. And uh, granted,
0: this wasn't kids, so that's always good. That they go that, but it was good to see that Thrawn is willing to go that way to prove a point, right. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're, what we're seeing here for the first time, we've been, we've been discussing for a couple of weeks now that we need to see Thrawn do something that shows how relentless he is. And I think this really does that. You take the, the speeder bike incident from the start of the episode, and then we move into the fact where Thrawn is present here, and he's investigating. And I think there's a little more to this, because when he first came in and said, I'm here to investigate a possible saboteur... Or something that's, that's kind of gone awry within this weapons factory. I'm thinking, this seems like it's below Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. I was confused as to why he's there. And then we see Callus and Governor Price show up, which is another interesting thing. I thought, this doesn't really make sense to me right now. And I think as as the story developed... I think it really pushes forward Thrawn's narrative because I think this is a lot more diabolical than is actually fully revealed within this. We're seeing the strategist come to the surface here and it's, it's not he's not here to investigate a saboteur or whatever. It's right. to draw out the Phoenix Cell rebels, I think.
1: That's right, to find that inside man.
0: Exactly, and, and him killing this character who happens to be an old friend of Ezra's. like That's a pretty impactful moment, I think, there. It really isn't, especially because the show does such a good job of introducing the audience to this character and showing a relationship between Ezra and him so when he does get taken out, you really feel something there for this character, right? Exactly, and that's what we've been looking for, right? That's what we've discussed the last couple weeks is the fact that he needs to show that he's willing to kill people. He's willing to make those type of decisions and almost show his cards at a time to prove yeah. the point that this is the Grand Admiral Thrawn that we are familiar with from the Legends line. I think they finally did it here. They pulled the trigger on that. And it showed that he's willing, you know, we, we've heard the hearsay of it, but it, this really shows that he's willing to go the distance to either capture the Rebels or to prove a point. Yes. And I, I really like that. And one of the things that was that was somewhat priceless here, and almost a giveaway when you tie in the title here, was Kallus' face when he does <laughs> almost execute this Rebel, right? Right. Yeah, I noticed that. And we have Price just grinning here too, right? Two totally different reactions. And I think at that moment for me, it's been completely telegraphed. Like this has been something that's been building since the end of season two. Everyone, this is one of the worst kept secrets I think in Star Wars Rebels, that Callus is Fulcrum. And it does get revealed a little later on in the episode. But I'm kind of happy how they approach this here. They kind of built it up a bit. And then when he does show up to kind of rescue them, I'm kind of like, okay, here we go. Yeah,
1: which is interesting because it kind of... I don't know if it necessarily backs up my theory, is he going to be the character that
0: maybe takes out Thrawn, or is Thrawn going to take him out? Who knows, right? Yeah. Thrawn seems
1: to, to kind of be on callus, obviously, now, right?
0: Definitely. And even as we kind of go through the episode here, you do see Callus probing Thrawn and Governor Price a bit about the secret program that he's not really aware of. And all she really reveals is that it is some sort of new fighter that Thrawn is developing. It's a new uh, fighter initiative, right? And so I thought that was kind of interesting, too, because, I, again, I really didn't think that there was actually a Section A2 fighter division initiative. Like, I thought it was all about drawing in the Rebels. Yeah. As we step into to seeing a bit more Thrawn here, like, we're seeing classic Thrawn here. We've got the art, he's studying it, the the history of the Phoenix symbol itself, and this really shows the effort that the writers and producers are putting into Thrawn here and, and projecting what he was from the, the post-return of the Jedi era into the the new canon here. And I I just love I'm I was pausing all the time trying to see what I could see on the individual art pieces to see if there's any little Easter eggs in there. But when he starts discussing about how what this symbol means and what it means particularly for Lothal, right? Where this where the, the birth of this this cell almost took place, right? Great scene too, because I mean, obviously we get to see um, like the artist Timothy Zahn's character come to life, but we do get to see um, Chapsadula obviously and Hera, yeah. but we do see the Grand Inquisitor's original helmet. I believe at least that is his yeah. because he wore the Clone Wars, right? So that's 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 awesome. And then we did see that in season two, obviously when he was kind of had that that Jedi med- uh, Jedi meditation scene with Caden, yeah, in that same helmet. So that, yeah. that was a cool callback there. Yeah, it was a nice little piece to see in the episode there, and. It's interesting, too, because when he's discussing about the art here, he really deduces this idea that the rebel cell, particularly the phoenix cell, has a particular attachment to Lothal. And again, this is, I'm getting more and more of the feeling that this is all a setup. This is a trap, right? A part of me, too, because we kind of see it towards the end, is that I feel at times, and I thought this was a bit more with this A2, the secret initiative, that he was feeding Callus false information, Okay, yeah, yeah. To kind of route out, kind of the mole, if you will, right? Yes. In the and I think that we're going to see a little more of this, and him almost using Callus to his advantage now, and and feeding the rebels false information. And eventually, I think this is how it's going to either Callus is going to sacrifice himself to make up for a mistake that he made by passing on incorrect information. Or we're going to see what you've talked about quite a few times is this is how we're going to see kind of this battle between Kallus and Thrawn come to a head eventually down the line.
1: That's right. With this episode, do you think Kallus' turn was a little too quick? I mean, with his reveal, do you think Kallus making this huge decision to become Falken was a little little out of nowhere? I mean, I know we got that episode with Zeb,
0: but that's all we really had to make this Imperial now want to join forces with the Rebels. Do you think that's a little, little sudden? Um, I, I, I'll answer it kind of in two ways here. I think that, yeah, his turn maybe hasn't been explored enough. You almost want to get a feeling that he's had a, an experience within the Empire, like we've seen in Lost Stars that where we see, you know, a character's being executed or like Finn in episode seven, right? Where they're being asked to do something that morally they cannot do. And we haven't really seen that from Cal. he did have that experience with Zeb. But at the same time, I feel like because everyone knew it was coming, it was telegraphed for so many episodes, I feel like that they just kind of pulled the trigger and said, look, we're not going to drag this on. This is going to be a massive reveal. We're going to let the characters be surprised about it. But the audience, we're not going to pull this out and make this a multi-episode arc where we're trying to find out who Fulcrum is. I'm happy they pulled the trigger on it. But at the same time, I agree with you. That the motivation just doesn't seem to be there as much as maybe you'd like it to be there. You know, you can. You, there's a lot to say for what's happening off screen, and do see his reaction when Thron executes the rebel there. So you're starting to build that he has some sympathy, and he's not completely aligned with the tactics of Thron. And so you can kind of get there. But do you think he's actually going to go full rebel and actually? desert the Empire and become a a member of the Phoenix Cell or member of the larger rebellion eventually? Or do you think he's just going to be probably eventually killed off before that actually happens?
1: I think he's gonna be killed off. Yeah, I think he's gonna be killed off because that's the thing, right? I mean, because they haven't given us enough to see his full turn and his reasons for doing so, apart from him being with Zeb. I, I think he's just gonna be a character that's simply killed off. Probably by the end of the season, if if he is to take out Thrawn or not, right? Yeah. Maybe he sacrifices himself on a ship taking Thrawn down with him. But at the same time, we haven't seen enough of this Thrawn to kill this character off this season. I think after seeing this, I think we will get another season of Thrawn.
0: Oh, I fully agree. I think they'll be they'll make a big mistake if they don't go that direction. And yeah. I agree with you. I think Callus is going to have a redemptive story where he mm-hmm. does make up for his sins in the past, being part of the Empire and maybe doing things that maybe morally aren't aligned with what you would expect from a human. Right. And, but I do think he's going to get his day to shine. But I think it will be a sacrifice.
1: Yes,
0: yeah, definitely. So it is nice to see him showing up and seeing Ezra and Caden when they do end up in a bit of trouble. When they yeah. are, I like that they're back in the disguises again. I always yeah. like to see rebels dressing up in stormtroopers and scout trooper outfits. Yeah, and, and the, what a great scene that was when Ezra like,
1: you know, used a force push on Callus. Is I loved it. Besting of that whole uh, episode,
0: actually, in my opinion, I love that. I, I fully agree with you there, and Caden's yeah. reaction too. When he yells at yeah. him, you're like, oh, he's pissed, and then he's like, yeah. I wanted to do that. Because he's
1: an asshole, right? I mean, Calus has been pretty bad since season one, right? So this is kind of like the Rebels' chance to get back at the character a little bit. So,
0: And then again, coming back to the idea that, that we've seen Thrawn continually <laughs> let the Rebels go. And it's in this episode that he finally tasks the Empire or his Imperial soldiers to actually take out Ezra and Kanan. I don't know if he's fully aware that the Jedis are present but when we do see the Adats released and they're having that battle in the Walker and they actually kneels, which is a really cool scene too. I've never seen that before. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So <laughs> this is an, another turn that we've been waiting for for Thrawn is to have him actively pursue and try to execute the, the rebel cell here. He knows it's Phoenix cell here and he's he's out there trying to kill them, which is is a turn again. So we're seeing change in the character of Thrawn into the character that we've been asking for for the last five, six episodes, right? Yeah. So what did you think of the reveal here of this secret fighter initiative? I, I, I didn't really care that much for it. I what,
1: what, what are your thoughts? I know you're more of a, of a ship kind of person when it comes to Star Wars. So what
0: do you think of that? Yeah, so my fir- when I first saw it, because I only saw the top-down view, and it looks like from a top-down view the TIE okay. Striker that is going to show up in Rogue One. And well, I was super stoked about that. I was like, okay, this explains what's going on, why yeah. we haven't seen the TIE Striker before. It was a secret ship, and then the, the plant was destroyed or whatever. But it turns out it's actually, I believe it's a TIE Defender. And if you look at it from a front profile, it actually has kind of three different segments to it, each with two panels on it. Um, And I believe the TIE Defender, I think it's canon. I think it shows up in one of the board games or maybe an iOS game. I can't remember, but it's, it's a ship that actually was from the Legends series. I believe it shows up in some computer games okay yeah so i'm not completely familiar with the ship itself all i know is that i think it had a hyperdrive it was loaded with weapons it had shields as they mentioned in this episode so i'm not sure exactly what direction they're going to go with this i'd love to see it actually in flight in space but again it's something that, that they're adding to the canon here from the legend series like i said i think it technically is canon but I think this is going to be the first appearance in some sort of either cartoon or live action that we're getting it kind of reinserted back into canon proper here that's so awesome because I got to give credit to uh, Dave Filoni
1: and her team because they keep bringing more legend characters and properties into the show ever since um, Ahsoka from season two said you know there is some truth behind legends it feels like that's kind of been their thing their niche now where they're always bringing in legends through this through this uh, cartoon series so, I really like what they've done with uh, Dash Vendor ship last time. And then we've had some older public stuff, Mandalore, or not Mandalore, uh, Malakor 5 show up. And now we also have uh, the ship, right? So, this is, yeah. I like what they're doing here. Yeah.
0: I agree. I hope we get to see at least a prototype flying around. I have a feeling that in the near future here, we're going to see them destroy the plant. And maybe that's why we never see this ship into the original trilogy timeline. But me personally, I would have really liked for them to use the TIE Striker and tie that into the larger Rogue One story to be like, this is why we never saw the TIE Striker in the original trilogy timeline, because the plant was destroyed by the rebels and a few prototypes got off the ground and they were destroyed in Rogue One. So that's why we never see them. I thought that would have been a really cool tie. To yeah, just kind yeah. of say here it, It's kind of like a, Some of the nodding That they do in the MCU With the Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. show It's like Oh right. hey Agent Colson gave Nick Fury The helicarrier For Age of Ultron It's kind of Has yeah. really no impact On the overall story But it's a nice time It does a little bit Of explaining When you're just kind of Sitting there like why, Where does this ship Come from And yeah. oh okay That ties into Rebels And that's why We never saw them In the original timeline Exactly You know, Especially because I think we're, we're Maybe two episodes Away from getting to Rebels yeah. I know- Time periods are different, but it would be cool, like I said a little bit earlier, to get a little more connection uh to Rogue One because obviously Krennic
1: and Galen and these characters—they're in the background, right? um It would be neat to see something reference yeah. with Rebels and Rogue One pop up pretty soon. Because how cool would it be to see uh, the last winter break or, or, or mid-season episode, and then you go watch Rebels or Rogue One next,
0: right? So. I know we're clamoring for it here, man. We want to see just that little nod, something that doesn't even have to have any impact on the overall arc of Rebels or anything really to do with Rogue One other than the fact it's like just a tip of the hat towards that. Exactly. So, and then our final sequence here where we do see an interaction between Kallus, Governor Price, and Thrawn. We've seen Ezra and Kanan escape. And so the, the nice conclusion, nice action piece at the end of the episode but I really like what Callus says here. He says, your strategy is without flaw, Grand Admiral, as always. Like, how great of a way for him to lead that. And I really think that Thrawn knows. Like, it's almost telegraphed there again. The fact yeah. that he knows what and who Callus is.
1: Absolutely agree. There, right? yeah. yeah,
0: and I feel like this is, again, like I said a little earlier, that this is going to be... Thrawn using Callus now he understands who he is and I, I still think this episode was much more than actually the rebels infiltrating to find out about this new TIE fighter. I think it was about Thrawn drawing in the rebels and understanding what he could get away with with Callus and feeding him false information and just playing a bit of this like I'm going to give you this information to see if it gets back to me like I, I really think he's going to use Callus going forward here. Overall, this episode was, uh, like we said, a real return to form for Rebels. It was, it was nice to see, you know, a self-contained story but that yeah. also had major impact for the overall narrative and drove character development like crazy through this with Kallus, with Thrawn, even with Ezra and Kanan. I think we saw a lot of developing here in a single 22-minute episode, right?
1: Yeah, it's great to see Ezra and Kanan back together because we've been lacking that for so long. We've been lacking Kanan. Yeah. for so long and it was good that we got the right Ezra this time because like I said the season they've been jumping back and forth with Ezra's
0: uh, character whether he's immature or mature this was the mature Ezra that you could say even had the leadership role right yeah. so it was really to see them go back to what they started, well, started off with in season three's opener and they finally feel like Jedi again
1: here I found yeah, yeah that was a great scene too with the walkers when they brought up the lightsabers Yeah. And cut and
0: Awesome. Yeah, using the force on Callus and and using tactics and doing a little bit more of this this master Padawan type relationship where they're working together. Like, I got a real vibe of yeah, I finally feel like we're back in a Jedi story again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's and great. also found that the Empire seemed a lot more competent in this episode. They weren't kind of like yeah. bumbling idiots, right? Yeah. So, and we well, we see Thrawn. He's, he's more ruthless. Sweet. We see his his tactical nature coming. This is definitely one of the best episodes of the season. I'd have to say
1: it really is. It's a return to home for the series, right? This, this is good. It's we, we've been needing
0: this. I've been needing this. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, those last episodes were a little rocky, and this this again adds to you know when you've been to watch a show when you get the Blu-rays. This is this is a nice episode to come back to when you're just going hard for the whole series, right? Yeah, I feel like we're we have the momentum now, and they're going to carry that through for the next couple episodes into the yep. mid season break. And I think we're going to get something big. Like this, I think is just that uptick, that little injection of adrenaline that we needed in this show. We we finally got the throne. I'm so happy with what they did with Thrawn in this episode. I feel like we're we're off to a great mid season finale, great cliffhanger coming, and I'm really excited for for going forward here.
1: Yeah, completely agree. Going forward. Um, I know you're in the callous mode. I'm in the callous mode. We're in the Rogue One mode. We got that fever going on. Any characters you could predict popping up in the next couple episodes?
0: Oh, you know, reading Callous and all that. I feel like we could maybe see a Sajdara or maybe one of these other rebels that we're going to see. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to go that far because they have to develop these characters a bit more in yeah. Rogue One, right? I'd love for them just to even maybe drop a, a K-2SO, but not K-2SO. Just that type of droid, that Imperial uh, droid. That's all we need. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. There was, I don't know, I had to go back and take a look at the action figures, but there was that black astromech, and I'm thinking, ah, C2B5, right? That we're going to see something towards that character, or at least a black Imperial astromech that has some sort of significance in the movie. The fact that we got an action figure but again, I have to think we got a Constable with Zuvio from episode seven, and he wasn't in the movie, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. but, or even I'm thinking like even one of these like hover tank drivers or scarif trooper or something that's yeah. going to be. Revealed in Rogue One For the first time Just have some of those guys Walking around in the back I don't know Something like that I think would really Kind of just get me My that, my pulse And just that That whole idea of continuity And building a universe You know that's what we love And I think something like that Just a tip That's all we're asking for guys
1: Yeah I know right I know I just, I just I'm with you I'd like to see a Saw rare Or even just a mention of uh, Galen Orso working on something,
0: right? Yeah. That's all Or I mean. yeah. even a mention of the larger Death Star project, some hint towards there's something bigger going on. Or, or even in the Chaos books, we see a lot of these worlds that are being mined, reference yeah. to the fact that the legacy worlds are being decimated, something like that, right? Hmm. Yeah, so, Oh, that'd be
1: great. I like that idea with the mining planets, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're kind of just nitpicking here a bit. We're looking for these ties because that's what we love to see in these universes. We're big fans of the Marvel continuity and the universe there, and we're huge fans of the Star Wars continuity and, and the universe that they are building. there. And they're taking such care of this, and like you said earlier, Troy, they're going back in the Legends series and pulling on things that have already been developed by great minds, by people who love Star Wars. So I love to see that they're including big pieces of the Legends series, the Legends line, into this new canonical universe. And I, it really makes you feel like, like they respect the source material, they respect what came before them, and they're using that. So it's great to see. Yeah, completely agree. My thoughts exactly.
1: Yeah, so,
0: All right, guys, we are on full countdown mode to Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. It's coming in two weeks' time. We've got our tickets. Hopefully you guys got your tickets too. We're going to be doing a full review of the Catalyst book, which is the prelude to Rogue One on our other podcast, The Nerd Room, in just a couple weeks. So this coming week, we're going to be discussing the new Guardians trailer, which is awesome. And the following week, just before Rogue One drops, we're going to do a full preview show for Rogue One. We're going to be discussing Catalyst a bit, making some of our predictions, and trying to tie a bit of what we've seen in this book into the larger Star Wars universe, and where we think it's actually going to set the scene for Rogue One. We're going to try to do it as spoiler-free as possible. We're not really watching any more of the trailers. We did a trailer review of the final trailer. I finally broke my, my, you know, I'm not watching trailer kind of rule. We watched it. It was awesome. I loved it. So go check that out. That was our episode 50, our big celebration episode. We did a huge Star Wars mega episode where we discussed action figures, Lost Stars, the novel, and Episode 8 predictions. Talked a bit about Ray's lineage. So go check that out. And make sure you always tune in on Thursdays to our other podcast, The Nerd Room, to catch all sorts of other Star Wars news. Awesome. Good stuff. We're in a month of Star Wars right now. December 15th, 16th is going down. Rogue One, Can't wait. we've got lots of coverage going on with Star Wars, guys, so keep a lot to here on the nerd room. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can always grab us at Alert on Twitter or at SWRebelsAlert at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, we'd like to hear your theories and we'd like to see how you'd like to see Star Wars Rebels tie into Rogue One or how you feel it's tying into the larger Star Wars universe and pulling on the continuity. All right, guys, until next week, enjoy the week of Star Wars. <laughs> The month of Star Wars. Get into Catalyst. Make sure you check out Star Wars Rebels next week because we are going to be back discussing the 10th episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. All right. This is Star Wars Rebels Alert. I'm Tim.
1: I'm Troy.